Mofamofiel. I'm Alon. This Walsh. This, the second of three preseason episodes, will go balls deep into the midfielders and the forwards. Let's start with an opening question, though. What was your favorite cartoon growing up? Oh, man, this is really hard. There's so many. <laughs> you start. Let me think. I just went with the absolute first one that popped in my head, which was a kind of like a small show. It's called Mighty Max. You ever watch that? Nope. It was like I looked it up after because it's one of the, like I was young enough that I kind of remember it, but I don't really remember anything about it. It was only out for two seasons. It's just like a, you know, like a fantasy adventure show. Like Mighty Max is this young kid and he like fights like a lava monster and shit and he wears like a sick red hat. And yeah, I just, I just have like really, really fond memories of being young and watching and being like, this is so sick. Sick red hat? Yeah, just like a cool red like cap. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I never saw this show. That's intense. Yeah. Like the hat, it defies gravity the way it sits on his head. Yeah, exactly. And he he gets it like through some mystical way. Yeah. Um, I think my favorite of all time is probably Ren and Stimpy. Ah, so good. Yeah, I got like heavy into Ren and Stimpy watching the same episodes over and over every time it was on. So, I mean, it's just I, Ren and Stimpy. I feel like Ren and Stimpy is a show that we could go back to now and it'd still be fucking incredible. I mean, it wasn't like a kid's cartoon. It, it was, was pretty not dark. a kid's cartoon. No, it was yeah. dark and it had some really fucked up episodes. Yeah, it was kind of like Beavis and Butthead-y almost, but yeah. with like, more like cartoony than that but yeah yeah running i was all about running powdered toast man dude i was all about running simply <laughs> that episode See, i don't even know the deep cuts i just remember oh. like i just remember like their butts yeah their their butts were huge their butts the, were barely <laughs> very heavily featured <laughs> there was an episode in the lincoln monument where they fucking he got on his you put a quarter in and, and abe lincoln's finger would go up his nose and they would jump on the finger <laughs> and the whole episode was inside the statue of lincoln's monument oh and just all this like mishaps God. happened it was great Okay, that's on my to-do list, like, dip back into Ren and Stimpy, because yeah. I don't remember that much. I just remember it being, yeah. like, really insane. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, Invader I'll, Zim, also one of my favorites. But I've Ren heard of that one, but I don't know anything about that one. All right, that's it for that, but Ren and Stimpy. Good show. Great show. Um, all right, so let's do some Twitter questions, bang those out, and then we have, like, the most insane episode with the midfielders and attackers, so... Yeah, we'll I mean, it's basically going to be like our last episode, but just focusing on midfield and attack instead of goalkeeper and defense. So exactly. Should, we're going to try and keep it to like a 70-minute app, but we'll see where it Yeah, goes. we'll try and keep it tight, and then we still have the one more preseason pod, which will be probably longer because it'll, be, it'll have producer Nate and guest Jason. That'll be insane. Yeah, that'll probably be more just banter and chat. That'll be like 10 hours. 10 hours, yeah, probably. <laughs> All right, so first Twitter question is from at FPL's Stato or Stato. He says, what the fuck's going to happen with the new conduct rules? Thoughts? No one seems to be talking about it. Yeah, I don't give a fuck about them. Yeah, I, I was think- thinking about him when he tweeted the question, and I was like, okay, I know they're, they're supposedly going to be more harsh with like yellows and reds, but... It kind of means nothing because we have to see how they actually implicate it. Like, yeah, I mean, is it going to be harsh like they were supposed to call when players are throwing players down in the box for pens? Like, that never happened. They like, never called it. Yeah. Everyone's like, going to be we playing. We just have with to this. see how it goes. Yeah. 
Yeah, everyone's going to be playing with the same deck of cards. So if it affects some players, they get some reds. I, I don't know. I mean, if for FPL, you can't fucking like. I mean, the it, only like, way oh, you'd possibly plan on it is like maybe that hurts someone like Costa or like Gabrielle. <laughs> but yeah, like, that's I, yeah. it. Nothing more yeah, than I that. No, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, we'll see how it shakes out. But I think initially it hasn't come into my thoughts at all from yeah, planning my FPLs team. But. I agree. All right. At FM Slickback asks, what pricing template will you use for your game one draft, uh, game week one draft? So we've kind of talked about this probably every episode, but I mean, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I have two premium forwards, a budget forward, and then I have like two premium mids, a mid price mid, and then a lower tiered mid, and then I have fucking cheap fuck defenders and goalkeepers, basically. Yeah, that's basically like. Our suggested template in a nutshell. Definitely one 4.5 midfielder who, whatever, hopefully is nailed. That's really his only criteria. And then pretty relatively cheap in goal. And yeah, same in defense. Yeah, I mean, that's basically the, the run of the mill. I mean, like, forwards and midfielders score a lot more points than defenders and goalies. So you, that's why they're priced higher and that's why we spend more there. Yeah, and still three four three all uh, until, three four until three. Like yeah, three four three for sure. Yeah, I was thinking about five midfielders and how I hate it. But another thing with it is just like the rotate. Ah, I don't even want to get into this. Three four okay. three is the way to go. Yeah. Um, and then last but not least, at Fantasy THFC asks, who are the best five uh, four point five mids, and who are the out of position players that we're looking at? So I'm sitting with Kapu right now as my 4-5 mid. It seems like under Matsari, he's got a couple goals in preseason, and it looks like he's being allowed to roam forward a bit um, in the 3-5-2. So I think he's a good shot. He's nailed. He's only had like one goal and one assist, I think, in this last three years or something yeah. like that. But from a 4-5 standpoint, I mean, he's nailed, and he's got a couple preseason goals. That's about as all, all it'll take for me to take take a pass. Right, um, right. I didn't know about those preseason goals. That makes him a little more sexy. Yeah, the fixtures are bad, but I'm not going to play him ever, so I don't care. Um, yeah. The other 4-5, I mean, Lecco looks pretty like the upside play. but I love Lecco, but he's just not nailed. I can't see him starting. Yeah. Especially because they got Phillips. Yeah, I mean, I think he'll start sometimes, but... Sometimes won't, so I don't want him as my four or five. He's like fifteen. Yeah, he's he's about fifteen. Yeah. Um, you got like Fletcher, I guess, as a nailed on option. Yeah, um, I have the Southampton guy Hojberg or whatever the fuck. Yeah, Hoberg. I don't know how you say it. Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce I, that. Oh. Yeah, I still don't know if he's nailed just because they still have like classy JWP Romeo. Right. From everything I've know. seen, he's he's been like nailed in every preseason match. Like whether it's <clears throat> playing at the base of the diamond or playing in a two holding in a four two three one, he's been nailed. So I don't know. I'm basing it on that, but I really have no reason to get him. Like as you said, like hopefully he'll never ever play for me and <laughs> um, gets the odd goal when someone like gets hurt or something and I have to put him in. Yeah. Um that's it. I mean there's Fletcher, there's also I think Ben Watson on Watford also is Yeah, reasonable. Watson's fine. Marnie's fine. Yeah. Mendy's Mendy's fine. Good. None of these guys are they they priced it well. There's no like there's no four or five that isn't a deep lying midfielder this year, I feel like. There's no George Boyd. There's no Boyd. There's no fucking I don't even know who other lads are, but yeah. 
They're they're all priced well. They're all really bad offensively. So all you're going for is nailed. That's all that matters. Yeah. And even if they don't score anything, nailed will probably ensure like their price won't drop and sh- stupid annoying shit like that. So that's all you're yeah. looking for. Except for fucking one Yama last year. Destroyed what the me. fuck was that? <laughs> he went down to like four two before I finally got rid of him. Yeah. He was he was a nightmare last year. Yeah, he was bad. He was very bad. Um, and then the out of position mids. I mean, there's there's Ayu, Andre Ayu on Swansea, but he might be going to West Ham. But he seems like an out of position potential. Um, yeah. Other than that, is the only yeah. one I can think of is Jerry D. If Lukaku goes to Chelsea and they don't, I mean, it's I don't. I, there's not much. I mean, yeah, I don't think Jerry D. Actually has a chance of starting at striker. It's just like false nine, I guess, for Mino. Right, false nine from time to time for Mino, but way less of that now because we have like Ings, Origi, Sturridge. You know, yeah, it's like Origi, there's no yeah. reason to do it. Um. Puel was talking about Redmond a little as a forward. Maybe if yeah, he goes with two up front, but probably J-Rod not. could maybe play forward. Yeah, and then the last one that I recently read, like yesterday or two days ago, was about how um, Conte was kind of toying with Hazard up top a little bit. Yeah, they're going to play on the counter so much, I feel like it's not even going to matter what the positioning is like. Yeah, it's probably true. But yeah, if they're playing with two up top, I guess... I. I don't know. I mean, what is there any chance that like someone on Palace plays up top? Because you guys have not bought a forward. And I still think it's just going to be Wickham as of right now. Like Campbell, I think would honestly be the backup. I think he's hurt or something. But every time we played Balassi at striker, it was a fucking fuck fest nightmare. Yeah, Balassi, Sacco, Townsend's I, probably never played striker. No, he can't. I I still think we're going to sign somebody. Yeah. Yeah, so, so that's, that's it for out of position off the top of my yeah, head. Yeah, there's not much there. I think I use the best shot at this I time. I like, yeah, he's like properly striker, I would say, at this point, before yeah. they buy anyone, before he moves. So yeah. that's why I have him. All right, where do you want to start? All right, well, the... let's do a sponsor, and then we'll okay. just fucking dive in. All right. Do you want to work from home and make a ludicrous salary? How's six figures? Now, how's six figures per week in pounds, baby? With the experimental Vincent Company leg transplant surgery, you can captain both your club and country from the comfort of your own home while making upwards of 120,000 pounds per week. Get your calves, hammies, toes, and Achilles replaced with state-of-the-art Vincent Company glass and watch the money pile up to the ceiling. All right, comps. <laughs> All right, Vincent. <laughs> You like that pronunciation? That was, yeah, that was very Belgian Walloon crazy fuck pronunciation. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about that. there. Yeah, let's yeah. go. All right, yeah. So where do we begin? Do you want to do forwards first because it's a smaller player pool? Yes, let's do okay. forwards first. Let's just kick off with who we have. So obviously we have Aguero, but what are you looking at past that? Who is, who's in so, your current draft? So I'm Aguero, Lukaku, and Carroll right now. All right, so let's get into Lukaku. What do you do? You think he's going to go to Chelsea? If so, is he making more or less attractive to you? I think much less attractive if he goes to Chelsea, and I'll probably get rid of him. Okay, um, because of bat shuai, batshit crazy, and I just feel like that takes opportunities away from them. And as you correctly pointed out, they're going to be mostly a defensive counterattacking team, and I don't know. I just. I don't like that as much. He's so yeah. much the focal point on Everton. 
Yeah, I saw it was like I look at Guardian Football usually in the morning just to see what's up on their website. And Baba Raman, I saw, went to Schalke on loan, and he said oh, in wow. his quote that Conte said that they're going to play very defensive, and he's more of an offensive fullback. So he suggested that he go out on loan. So simple I mean, as that yeah, simple as the rumors with Chelsea now. It seems like keep seeing these things like Matic and Conte playing holding. I don't know. I'm worried that they're just not going to. They'll probably still be able to steamroll teams when they play weaker opposition. But, I mean, they'll have to because yeah. a weaker team's going to concede possession, so they're not yeah. going to just sit in their final third or anything. Yeah, but I feel like Lukaku would be able to pretty capably fill like Costa's shoes, though, if Costa goes and Lukaku comes in because he's still like the target man and he doesn't have the creativity, I think, probably of Costa. Yeah. Well, but I he's mean, still- if batshit crazy wasn't there. I would probably keep Lukaku for that reason. I think he's mm-hmm. just as good as Costa, if not better on his day. Maybe in the first half of the season, better. Yeah, first half. Only. Worse in the second half of the season. But Batshuayi, or what? I, I don't know how to say his name. You, Bats. You. What? Bats. I think it's Batshuayi. Batshuayi. I'm calling him Bats. Okay. Bats has been playing really, really well in preseason, starting every game. So, like, Someone like Lukaku moving this late into the transfer window with the season like ten days away doesn't give me confidence that he's just going to like come in and start immediately and blend with the, all of his new teammates immediately. You know? Yeah, that's a fair point. If the move does happen, it is pretty late on. And it's really late it, now. Yeah, you'd think it would take some time to settle, which for me, I, it makes me feel like it's not going to happen. Yeah, true. It's, it is really late, but we'll see about that. But interesting, yeah. Lukaku. I had him in my draft a little while ago. I just but think who, he's undervalued. I mean, yeah, we talked about that. He's just set. nine is pretty cheap for the consistency that he's delivered over the last four seasons. Um, yeah, he's always gotten pretty consistently better every year, and yeah, he's still really young. He's proven in the prem. I was surprised that he was priced at nine. I thought he would be more like ten. Nine, five, or ten, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, he screams value to me. But at the same time, I don't normally enjoy like having him. Yeah, but the first half of the season, yeah, he's coming good. off of last year, they were they were so free-flowing going forward. I think Coleman is a better manager than Martinez. Um, I just feel positive about them a little bit. I feel like their fullbacks are healthy. That helps him. I feel like... Um, who they get to replace Barry? Um, the, uh, Gia, the fucking or, Villa guy. Yeah, yeah. He was like second in the league for tackles last year. Yeah, like I feel like Barry is just a statue at this point, so that's positive for him. I feel like Delafeu will play more. That's positive for him. I feel like it's good value, at least for the first half of the season before he falls off a cliff. But that's why I have him in. Yeah, I think it's a good pick. I think again at nine, it's just the value. I think that it's just the value. value. Yeah, yes. exactly. And then Carol. So let's just dig into the six point five forward d- dilemma because everyone's got Aguero. Everyone has someone between low end to high end premium as their second forward, but everyone also seems to have a six point five forward. Right. So tell me why you're on Carol. We talked about the teams that the 6.5 forwards are on earlier today. and Bournemouth. The, yeah, Burnley. the main 6.5 guys. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Bournemouth, Burnley, uh, West Ham, West Brom, Stoke, Sunderland kind of in that bracket. Middlesbrough. Borough, yeah. That's and then, about it. And then Southampton 
with Shanlong. Sorry, yeah, that's the, he's by far the highest owned of all the six point five guys. Shanlong, Shanlong, yeah. Um, but after Southampton, who again they lost a lot of players and have a new manager who reading about him I really like but it's still a change and there may be adjustment period and I'm not like the biggest Shane Long fan by any stretch so out of all of those teams assuming West Ham don't buy a striker Carroll's just um, by far the best team and the by, by far the best attacking team of all of those um, when he's fit he pretty much always returns and they have decent enough fixtures to start the season, and I just felt good about them. I mean, I had Gray in for a while. I had Callum in for a while. I really like the skill on both of them. I just don't trust the teams, really, as much. That's pretty much end up. Yeah, I think it's an interesting play, because I probably like Shane Long more than Carroll in a vacuum just as a player, because I think he has that some re- remote ability to finish things, and Carol's just a complete donkey. <laughs> he's mock. the definition to, of a donkey. Yeah, yeah, he's just so horrible to watch. So, but I, a lot of people have other players on Southampton attackers, maybe Tata to Redmond. So doubling isn't advisable. I, I do think Charlie Austin's probably I like him a little more than Chin Long, just because I feel like he could really settle in this year because we all know what he did with QPR and. Shane Long's never had a season like Charlie Austin had at QPR in his no, career. So yeah, I don't know why no one's talking about him. Yeah, no one. I has think people are, people are concerned that Charlie Austin's not nailed, even though it seems like he's going to be playing three five two. I mean, if Austin's going to be partnering Long up top, I'd rather have Austin. Um, yeah, I think so too. But I think your point is very fair about the teams that you're looking at. What kind of uh, service these forwards are going to get? And Carroll by far will be getting the best with or without Paye. Uh, West Ham are going to be dominating possession more so than these like relegation fodderish teams. Um, I think Carroll's probably being slept on a little too much. Um, I do like Rondon a little bit. Uh, I think he might be able to take another step forward for West Brom, but you know I'm all about Barahino if he gets a move. Right, um, that's what you're kind of sleeping on. I, I just um, feel like also yeah. you want you want obviously like not just returns. You want like the brace potential, and yeah. while Carroll sucks. Usually, he's capable of getting hot, and as we saw at the end of last season, he can like score a hat trick against Arsenal out of nowhere. Like on his day, he can score a brace. Like he's unstoppable in the air. He gets good service. He's on a good team, and you know I like that potential. He's fit. And then I'll get three points when you captain him in the double game week. Yeah. Oh yeah. Maybe negative three. (laughs) <laughs> he'll miss, he'll miss like, fucking all... 50 yard breakaways oh against one God. on zero against the keeper. Um, you want, yeah, I agree with you. You want the brace potential. Carol not being on pens, I think, is a little bit annoying. Uh, if you get someone like Gray, you got, got pens in, in his locker. Yeah. I'm, Probably I'm back, Callum, too. Yeah, I'm back on Callum. Um, yeah, I love him. I, yeah, I love him as a player. I really enjoy watching him. He started off with a bang last year before he died. The thing that is the most detrimental for me thinking about Callum and how volatile the first couple game weeks are that you're going to want to jump on the bandwagon, whomever it is, in the 6-5, maybe it's a 7 or 7-5 seven, that we're not thinking of the first couple weeks. You're going to see a couple price rises. And for Callum, starting off home United at West Ham game weeks 1 and 2 is really tough. It's hard to see 
or think that he's going to get much from those games. Yeah, being patient with that slot is going to be difficult. Even though game weeks three and four, he's at Palace home West Brom. Um, right, looking at the fixtures, you, you might miss a price rise if you're too patient. Yeah, yeah, and you know if he blanks the first two game weeks, someone else has a couple returns and they're rising. Like you're going to want to probably jump ship right mm. away after game week two day to catch a couple price rises and get someone hot. It's putting a lot of faith in that game week three kind of thing, which I always am a little nervous about when I look at those fixtures and think about uh, who I go with with my game week one team. So I don't think I'm probably going to end up with him, but Andre Gray, I think, is just a little scarier just because Burnley, Burnley, they've, the interview they've was great. They've burned by the way. us before, pun intended. Yeah, the interview was great and it was really informative. Oh, thank you. It got me thinking a little bit more about their assets, but. The one thing I didn't think about that really screamed out to me when you were interviewing him was how little they've bolstered or reinforced their squad in the transfer window, which is, exa- again, as you mentioned on, on the interview, the exact same tactic they used last time they got promoted, and then they couldn't score goals for their fucking lives. They and didn't they got fucking clean, score any goals. Easily relegated, and they have basically the same spine. You look at like a team like Burrow, who has actual ambition to stay up, and they're buying players. You know, they know what it's going to take to stay up in the Premier League, and yep. they're doing the they're going the opposite route. Yep. Bournemouth kind of did the same pattern of Burroughs like last off season when they came in. You know, they got Gradle, they got some exciting players in, they got Mings, even though he died, uh, but they reinforced and they got lucky with players like uh, I guess like Pew and. And King, who they already had, who kind of took a step forward, but like a right, Fobe had it. How and all credit to Eddie Howe, but we know what Sean Dice has, has done in the past too. Sean yeah, Dice. So yeah. But anyway, so the model it's just Burnley Burnley seems like they're gonna have a really hard time creating any chances. And I know they've got those home fixtures at the beginning of the season. I think they have three and four. Um Yeah, they do. They've got home Swansea, home Liverpool, home Hall, three first three or four games at Chelsea in between. I still don't think any fixture is a good fixture for Burnley, though. Which that's is, the bottom line. That's the bottom line. So, I mean, I'm looking at at this time if Barahino doesn't move, I'm looking at probably either following you down the Andy Carroll tunnel or doubling up on Southampton attack. Yeah. And I, I, might, I might go back to Callum too. It's a weird, difficult tinker position, but the the convenient thing is that they're all priced the same, basically. So you know, as you said with the bandwagon, it, it's just a simple lateral switch to someone if someone comes flying out the gate. I mean, one thing I will say about Bournemouth is that they overall their goal scoring numbers were poor last year. But if you watch them, they created a ton of chances. And the difference of having a really you know, hot, up-and-coming striker and not having a striker might be the difference between being like a bottom-tier goal-scoring team and a mid, mid-table to higher-scoring team. So maybe Callum is just... He just plugs in and they just fucking are free-flowing and he scores for fun. But yeah, it's hard to tell. Yeah, I mean, scoring for fun is a tough thing, but I think you, they certainly have the midfield and the yeah. st- the team to do it. Yeah, I think they are going to score and the coat and the manager. Yeah, they have the manager do it. I think they're going to score their fair share of goals. Again, it's just for me. I'm looking at the fixtures, and in the first six weeks, they only have two favorable attacking fixtures. Yeah, and when you're looking at the volatility of the game week one to three in terms of catching price rises. Yeah. Um, jumping on the early bandwagons, it just I'd, it feels 
it feels like it's a transfer waiting to happen. If he blanks one and or both of the first two game weeks, it's going to be really hard to keep your knee down. Yeah, it almost feels like him. you're just booking a transfer, which we both yeah. hate doing. Yeah, so that's why I'm trying to think about someone who might have a little bit better fixtures. And I mean, I think Negredo, yeah, something like it, that. But you look at Southampton, like they're home Watford. Home Sunderland, two of the first three games. It's fucking like, great. I mean, you can't great. ask for something better than that. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that could be the team that has the early bandwagon. So, I don't and know. What's, I, what's the real, what's the bad reason to not, what's the reason to not have two guys on the same team, two attackers? I mean, what's the real reason? Like, they're mutually exclusive. There is no fucking reason. No, I don't think there's an objective reason to say, like, they're on the same team, so I can't have them. Yeah. For me, I'm looking at the team is Southampton, which has so many question marks in my head. Right. How they're going to gel, how they're going to come together in the system. Right, right, right. They're going to be playing maybe not necessarily an entirely new formation, as they were 3-5-2 a lot last year, if that's what they end up going with, but... If they're playing diamond, that's a new formation for them. Uh, you don't know Redmond's new. Austin didn't get a look last year. Yeah, you know, they, so there, there are there a lot are, of new players. Reasons, so that's why. But yeah, that's no, why I I'm nervous you. about it. I, I like the, the individual player in a, in a vacuum, looking in isolation. But yes, they have good fixtures. They could at the same time. They're not sure fire. That's not Man City. Like I'm not thinking they're going to score three plus for fun against these bad teams. They could still stutter. And stumble out of the game. Absolutely. So. Yeah. What do you think about kind of flying maybe a little bit under the radar the Watford guys from last year? Yeah. The I mean, ba- I the Bash think brothers. It's, it's another tale of just looking at the fixtures. I think Dini price at seven is very favorable. That's I think good. there's going to be. That's a great price. But they're yeah, it's a great. He could have been eight. I mean, he got a lot of points last year and he proved to be a fucking bonus point machine. But I think Watford has probably the worst fixtures uh, of any team in the Premier League for the first time. They're six. so bad. <laughs> yeah, so I think he's one to keep an eye on, um, as well as maybe a Watford defender. But the first five are Southampton, Chelsea, Arsenal, West Ham, United. Um, you don't want to. You don't really want a piece of that. So yeah, I've, I think I, agree with that. I fucking hate a Gallo. I'm never going to own him. But I think Dini, if if he's you know he's playing decently and they're attacking under Mazzari, I think that. Watford probably will stay up this year. I feel pretty decent that they're going to be just like a middling t- team. Yeah, I feel like they'll roughly be the same team. Yeah, probably about but that. Just Maybe like less, less clean sheets. Less surprising. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm sure they'll have like a month or two where they're maybe playing some exciting football, but um, I think Dini is certainly priced well at seven, but not for game week one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they bolstered a little bit. They got some guys. Yeah, I, yeah they're, they're going to be, I think they'll be okay this year. They got they got a guy named Isaac Success. Yeah, he's just a success. What is a great success? <laughs> he's never failed. And the, so that kind of covers the that's, budget. That's the, the budget here. I mean, there's not really there's so few strikers in between like eight and seven. Yeah, like really, it's, it's between, really weird. Yeah, between like six five and eight five, it's really nothing. I mean, you have the Watford guys. And then um, I guess Benteke, if, if he ever moves, it's probably not going to happen. He's at seven five. But other than that, yeah, there's, there's not. There's zero forwards at eight five. There's only one at eight, and he's a backup. There's. I only, felt like eight five was their go to price for forwards at recent. That, least, I like, feel like Giroud's been eight five every year of his. Yeah, career. but now they're all nine. I guess like Giroud and Lukaku, they were all eight five. Yeah, last they bumped year. them Lukaku up a little. Eight, I think. Yeah, and then all the seven fives, other than Agallo, are are. Injured or backups. There's like just not that much there. So yeah, it's all the six. It's all about the six fives. Yeah. 
And then uh, looking at the premiums, so... Yeah, then let's go to the, the I mean, top. Aguero, of course, we're not going to talk about that. Um, but I have no, thoughts No, no, let's talk about it. I mean, oh. 13 is the highest he's ever been. Wasn't he? What was right? he last year? I don't know. He's 12? No, I thought he was 13. 12, 5, five maybe? Wasn't he 13, 5 last year? No way. No, he was 13. I think he was, I think he was like 12, 5. Okay, I don't know. I well, mean, it doesn't matter. Regardless, he's, he's the most expensive sorry. player in the game. I mean... Yeah, I guess we don't really need to talk about There's, it. But the way that we, I kind of reason the value in my head, aside from him just being the best goal scorer in the league, un, undoubtedly, is he's just the captain option like every week while fit. His yep. return when fit is just unparalleled. He always scores. He can hat trick any game. It's just, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's my favorite player in the league to watch. Oh, yeah, you're favorite. also obsessed you know, with him. I'm fucking obsessed with him so hard. <laughs> it's so bad how obsessed I am. His little beard, I don't know about that. But, um, wait, wait, yeah, can, I, can I time out really quick? Because mm. we said after last episode that we wanted to remind people to send in emails and join the league, you know, just oh, like yeah, house cleaning yeah. shit. So we should maybe just do that now. Okay, Let's go say or say a thing. No, I mean, just fmlpl at gmail.com. You can email in. A lot of people like to send rate my teams, but send in anything, questions, whatever. We're on top of it. Walsh usually handles the emails. I usually handle the twatters at fmlfpl. Um, and then just join the league. I mean, it's the same shit as last year. Free, obviously, fmlfpl, public or private, whatever the fuck, league. And you can get that info at um, fmlpl.com. Just click leagues and you'll see the fucking code right there. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the listener interaction is something that we really enjoy. And for those new listeners, maybe hopped on during our Euro banter. Yeah. Um, twit, if you want a little quick hit, you can twit, twit us and Alon will get back to you. If you want a lengthier little situation, email. Paragraphs. Um, We're talking paragraphs here. Yeah, you, you'll get paragraphs from from me on the email. It keeps me keeps me busy. Um, <laughs> um, but okay, so yeah, back to the back yeah, to the meat and potatoes. Yeah, so the premium. So we're talking like Rooney up. Yeah, nine plus. I think nine plus. So, yeah, I mean, I have Zlatan in. Um, I th- I just feel like it's the safest thing to do. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to return. I don't think there's any question about that. I know we're not sure still if he's going to be on pens over Rooney. Maybe, maybe not. Um, Rooney took a pen the other day, but Zlatan was, Zlatan off, was off the pitch. Yeah. Yeah. The ownership is really high for Zlatan. Really um, fucking high, yeah. I think he's, you know, he's capable, obviously, of hat-tricks one, any, any day he steps on the pitch. Um I think there's probably more to lose than to gain by not having him in your game week one team. I know interesting. Maybe a little, interesting. I think you're only a little concerned about how he's going to settle, but of the forwards past Aguero, he's by far the highest percent owned. I think of serious players. You know, Kane will probably have a high number just because he's English and people. I mean, know who Aguero's he is. the most, or well, aside from De Gea, Aguero's the most owned player in the game and slot on number two. So Yeah, so that tells you all you need to know. And I, I just think that you could cover his points, of course. You pick someone else who's who's doing well, but eleven five compared to you're gonna want a premium slot there anyway. Um, you know, if you go down to Vardy, who hasn't fucking stepped on the pitch, it's only a mil half. I mean, it's the difference between ten and eleven five. You know, it's downgrading your premium defender to a cheap one, or your your third midfielder from a middle premium to like a high end budget punt kind of thing. I think the options at forward are so un- uncertain, and 
don't look that great right now. I, I had a team with Vardy and Lukaku in next to Aguero instead mm-hmm. of having Ibra and, and the six five forward, but it just feels so safe to have Ibra and not having to go to one of the midfielders, Mkhitaryan or Martial as a United attacker. I feel like they're going to share points, but to the same kind of light that Arsenal has done the last couple of years. But whereas you normally think that Alexis is the best asset for Arsenal, he's still a wing player and he, the games and swaths of, of periods go right by him or he's blanking. And Zlatan's going to be the sharp tip at the end of the spear. Every attack in the middle of the box all year, every day. They don't have Champions League. He's physical. I think he's going to just be really good. And I probably won't captain him much, at least initially. I'm probably going to even still go with Aguero on away days. But it just feels like a safety blanket having him in. There you go. That's your... That's my rationale. State of the Zlatan. And I'm basically the opposite, (laughs) which is insane. But I... I had him for a while because I mean he's fucking Zlatan. He's the like coolest player in the world. It's like everyone everyone who plays fantasy has wanted to own Zlatan at some point, right? It's like when he joined the league, I was just like, Oh my god, finally, yes. But for me, taking the opposite point of view, I once I really like started getting into tinkering and stuff, I he kind of like immediately left my team. And I haven't really considered putting him back in. I just, I'm under the assumption that he won't be on pens, which for Zlatan subtracts a lot of goals if you look at like, you know, his past whatever PSG seasons. He's also in a much more competitive league. Um, He doesn't play full seasons ever, he like never really has. He's getting old, new league, new team. I think Rashford. I mean, obviously Zlatan's the starter. I'm not saying that like Rashford's like. I'm not saying that Zlatan's not nailed. I just think Rashford is really exciting and really good, and maybe a reason to give Zlatan the odd rest or just not play 90. For me, and as you said, I I'm in full agreement that I'd probably cap an Aguero away day over Zlatan still, especially if he's not on pens, which I guess is TBD, but. For those reasons, I don't think he can he can reach the value of eleven point five if I'm not captaining him, and that's yeah. why I went with the step down of Lukaku and a more hard hitting midfield. And I do have Martial, so I still think it's really good to get United attack because I mean their front it's four is fucking it's a necessary insane, thing. and if you they must get have one it'll be three. even better. Yeah, you so. must have one of those three players. So I'm co- I'm covering it in my eyes with Martial, who I think you know is you know as much a lock as anyone could be to at least get like double digit goals, like at least get probably last year's return, which is I'll really fucking good for a I'll midfielder. Do better than that. Which is like absurd for a midfielder if you think about it. Like, yeah. he scored 11 last year. He could score like 15. Like that's really fucking high for a mid. So yeah. for me, I just think like. You know, with the way that midfielders get more bonus points and he gets all the Martial's, there's a bonus magnet with all of his dribbles and shit and the extra point for goals and the extra point for cleans. I just feel like at 9-5 Martial, I'm getting really good United coverage and really good value um, for United's attack. So that's why I'm not going Zlatan, basically. But that's definitely like 
the debate in FPL communities, I feel like, is like Aguero or Zlatan or both. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, you get obviously a heavier hitting midfield when you spend maybe two mil less on your second striker. Um, and I, I agree. I think Martial for the goals and just because he's been in the league, I like him more than Mkhitaryan. Um, they're both at the same price. Yeah, midfield. I like Martial a lot more than Mkhitaryan. Yeah, yeah. I, I like both a lot. I, I do like Mkhitaryan. I think he's going to settle in pretty quickly. And but he's the creative outlet, and you don't, you always want the goals and in, uh, in your midfielders if you can get them. Um, it's like Alexis versus Ozil. Um, right, right. But I I still think just it's safer. It just feels safer to have Zlatan based on ownership levels I don't I agree with you there's no value 115 is a fortune especially if you're not captaining the player that much right. that might change quickly he might light the world on fire be on pens right and I'm definitely taking you, a gamble yeah yeah and you hop on early but for me I think I would rather not miss out on early hauls than, and then have to clamor to get him in given the ownership and just like I think he's great and I love him and I agree with you. I don't think there's any value, but I just don't feel comfortable covering the points with players right. who I don't love, like right. Lukaku, who I think has his own warts. Right, um, for sure. Yeah. So, so, so there yeah, you have it. Yeah, that's, I mean that's that's, that. that's that's what you're weighing. And if you can construct a midfield you like with Aguero and Zlatan, then fucking do it because they're really good. They're the yeah. two best goal scorers in the league, probably. So. Yeah, and let's, so let's slide into midfield. I mean, that's the other thing why well, I... Well, hold on. I've, Did you want to do the rest of the premium forwards real quick? Is there anyone else you like or what? No, I mean, Vardy hasn't played. I think at 10, it's he'll probably earn that, but he hasn't played, so I don't think he's really can be in consideration yet. I think Sturridge yet. is the most interesting of all of them. Yeah, Sturridge is interesting. Kane's but expensive. No I think we'll probably him. need a. Yeah. Yeah, we'll probably have to wait a little bit till he's going to be okay to get in your FPL team. Um, yep. Yeah, Sturridge is interesting, but it's the same thing with Liverpool. We talked about on when we talked about defense. Their, their fixtures are just ridiculously. Yeah, bad. so just it's kind of the thing. It's like prove it to me, and then I'll bring yeah. you in. You know, like yeah. stay fit yeah. for the first six games and score some goals, and then you're in. You know, for yeah, sure. And, it's, and that's the kind of thing. It's a similar argument. I mean, Firmino at a million and a half less, who's way more. Proven right. at least from last year that he's going to be nailed and he's going to play. You know, Origi. Right, you know, right, right. He's going to have to manage. Yeah, it's kind of. Minutes, like, yeah, it's know. kind of similar to me with like Martial. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, I mean, Giroud is a donkey. No one's going to have him. I, I think we kind of touched on everyone. It's a small pool. I feel like this year because well, then there's, Costa. I like Costa, but there's Rooney. Uh, but I don't really want to get into it because I like him and you hate him, but. Whatever, I think Martial's better to own, so it oh, doesn't even sure. matter. You know, it's for like sure. yeah. I'm getting probably more goals from Martial, and he's a midfielder, so there's no reason to get Rooney. No, he's playing reverse out of position. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Okay, so yeah, midfield. So what's your midfield right now? All ten right, so ten have, or eleven days out from the season. I have Hazard, Eriksson, Tadic, and Jerry D. So yeah. the only two names in my entire team that hasn't changed since the first draft I made has been Aguero and Tadic. So Tadic is nailed. I mean, he's going to be playing the tip of the diamond behind two strikers as of right now. Um, he finished the season last year with an outrageous points per game average, 7-5. I think he's really good value, and I really like him. Uh, so that that feels good. Uh, Hazard, you know, he's a 10. He's very expensive. He was fucking shit last year. But I want a Chelsea attacker. I feel like Chelsea, with no other competitions, are going to just be so focused and so good in the league. So having Hazard, and I love Conte. 
Yeah, I love Conte. I feel like Hazard's got to be back on pens this year. Um, yeah, I think so. If he feels safe, even though he is 10, looking at the other premium slots, I, I liked him a little bit more than doubling on City with KDB. I feel like Hazard's a little bit more going to get auto bonus on things, like he's a bonus magnet. It'll be nice to diversify and have some rooting interest when Chelsea's on TV. Um even though I do probably think KDB will get more points, um, at least initially, I'm going to stick with Hazard, I think, for the premium slot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Ericsson, I've been dithering back and forth between Ericsson and Firmino. Um, I, I ver- first draft had Ericsson in, and he's came and gone, and you were surprised I had him in, but they have really good fixtures. He's been off all summer. I feel like he's the kind of player that could maybe hit the ground running. He didn't yeah, play Euros. Yeah, they have such good fixtures. Yeah, they have really good fixtures. Uh, the he knows opposite what of Firmino. Yeah, yeah, he knows what to expect in the system. Um, I feel like he's just going to be really fresh, and I think he might have a good start. I have a good feeling about him. Again, the fixtures are good. I don't think he's explosive. You know he's in a steadily tick over, but I'm going to have to test my patience because you know he also will have those three, four games where he has a few blanks. Oh, I mean he'll have the six. S- he'll have six games of blanks, yeah. and then like back then to back have, brace and yeah. this. Yeah. So Ericsson at eight five seems like pretty good value to me. Yeah. Um, I like him more than Ali after Ali's busy uh, summer, and it felt like towards the end of last year, also Ali was quite poor in the last you know handful of fixtures. Think he really got tired. The games caught up with him. So. Maybe Ali will be the guy that gets fucked over by the conduct rule because <laughs> he's kind <laughs> yeah. of fucking insane. Yeah, he's totally insane. <laughs> yeah. um, so Erickson, I like Erickson at the A five slot. It could still go down if I would need money to do something else. Um, and then Jerry D is kind of a late. A late throw, and I was on Townsend for a while. For some reason, though, I'm not so convinced by Townsend. I know the fixtures are good, but I, I don't know. I, I had him for a while too, and I recently got rid of him. Yeah, you know, it's again, something f- about not having a forward. Like yeah, he rarely, like I like him, and he shoots a lot, and he's like really freakishly accurate with his shots, and he's never really got a full chance, and he, he should play like three thousand minutes this year. But there's no like good attacking teams who have shit strikers. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. Wickham is going to score four goals and miss every sitter and just be a fucking shithead. And it's just Probably. like, it just makes me feel not as good about having a Palace player. Yeah, I I just, I'm not sure. I'm I just don't not, know. I'm just not sure. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think Townsend is probably objectively a good pick based on how he, he finished the season has last year with Newcastle. Yeah. 6 5 is the, the price it's is big right. Big upside. Yeah. Yeah, and he also seemed to always get bonus points whenever he'd score a goal. Well, um, goals, I, I don't know, maybe I'm making this up, but I feel like goals are heavily, are weighted way more than assists in like the bonus system. Yeah, I think they are. Right, like know. even like a brace of assists will get out bonus by a goal, I feel maybe. like. Maybe, I'm not sure. I, maybe I don't not, know the bonus but that's, that's how it works in my head, so I always feel like the goal-scoring mids get the more bonus, but maybe I'm just making that up. I'll have to double-check th- that. Yeah, I think it also just depends on all the other things, because remember, like, Ozil last year, he would get the assist and get two bonus just because he'd always have, like, the pe- percent, the pass percentage the completion or whatever. The and, percentage, yeah. yeah. We need to run, like, things. a Mr. Wong, like, correlation final exam on the correlation of goals scored to bonus and assists and bonus. Yeah, it's probably really hard to come up with something hard and fast just because... Yeah, players do other things, but I, no, I don't absolutely. Know. I'm sure though, like one goal in the BPS, like the BPS number that you get is. It has to be more than assists. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, okay. But anyway, yeah. so six five. But Jerry D. So I mean, he's playing False Knight. I don't. I'm probably not going to stick with him either. He seems a little too puntish for me. Um, I'm not sure if he's going to be nailed. Um, I might go over to Kevin. Honestly. Wow. Well, I Kevin mean, Jerry's got to be more nailed than Kevin, no? I don't know. I mean, Lennon can only play on Jerry's side, right? Oh, uh, well, he played down the middle some last year too, Lennon. But did he? Yeah, he did a little bit, and Barkley was deep. But uh, I don't know. We'll have to talk to Tempe Bug about that. I don't really Kevin know what just, they've been doing. I love I like Kevin. Both. Kevin is just so fucking selfish. Oh, he's got red cards coming too. I love that. Yeah, he does have red cards, but he just all he wants oh, he's to so do is selfish. Dong. Yeah, like, he's. I, He's fucking Aryan Robin. Like he just stares down at his own shoelaces and waits to shoot. That's yeah. all he does. But Jerry D does sort of scream out to me to be like a Mares type where he could maybe take the league by surprise. He has given, all the skills in the world. Yeah, yeah. And the preseason, I know you don't like to read too much in a preseason, but he has been playing really well. Granted, he's been false nine. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Coleman's I, lo- good. I love the Jerry D pick. It, it's yeah, kind I like of him. like. With mids, it's kind of similar to as we were just talking with forwards that are six five. Like mids, if you go in the five five to six five range, like one or two or maybe more of those guys are gonna blow up. There's like yeah. no question. Like some of those guys will be bandwagon price rise, like mind fuck seasons, and some will be duds. But the nice thing about having some of your midfield in that bracket is that it's just a lateral move. It's simple. They're all priced the same. You can jump on the bandwagon right away. Yeah, and I think that is something Maybe we'll probably talk more in the IRL pod with guest and producer, but jumping on the bandwagons early is something I'm going to really actively try to do this year and not be patient with the players. Maybe I like preseason, but they've started off slow and just fucking following the herd because especially at the beginning the price rises are so fast yeah the price rises but also it's just you can't like you can't win the game in the first five to seven game weeks but you can certainly lose it and that's true i feel like you have more downside by not hopping on bandwagons hot yeah, players absolutely. and form players because when everyone else is, you're banking on them falling off a cliff, which is almost gambler's fallacy. Because maybe you didn't get in early enough, and you, yeah. you just that—that's what it is. Yeah, that's and, and is. form so, is and, always good. Yeah, form's always good. So it's the kind of thing like Ramsey a couple of years ago, and Yaya, and then Mares, and even if you feel a week or two late, it's always usually better to get in rather than not. So. I mean, I got Mara's last year after game week two, and I know you had him to start, and I, I considered getting him in after game week one, and I, I think I saved my transfer. But What a fucking some... genius I am having him in, and then I fucking blew it. <laughs> yeah, I know. But anyway, like you're saying, yeah, the 6-5 the to 5-5 five, five midfielder that emerges game week one, game week two, I think is going to be important to hop on. It yeah. could be Jerry D, maybe not. It could be um, Figuli, Gradle, yeah, be... fucking... Uh, fucking Fisher, Fisher. Fucking, yeah, yeah. there's so many guys. There's so many guys. So I think having a five five or six five fourth mid like that price I bracket feel like feels important. great. Yeah, just because, I think it's important to have. Yeah, yeah, because if you don't and you load up on premiums, then when the cheap guy emerges, you're gonna feel like shit to downgrade your seven five or eight five midfielder to a budget midfielder pick. It's going to immediately fuck up your team structure because that's two or so million that you didn't put into maybe the for, the front line right. or making your defense better. Yeah, it's um, just not good to fuck with that. 
Yeah, I, I yeah. always do. And I think as the season progresses and you see who's good and who's shit, putting more and more money into premium midfielders and squeezing out an extra premium midfielder is a lot better than in game week one when premium midfielders by game week 18 are players that maybe started out with their starting price at 6.0. So right. I think it's important, like again, like Mars last year. Every year, there's someone or, or a couple of players like that. Um, Ramsey, Michu, yeah, fucking, even like Bale. I don't know. I don't know. A lot. So, so yeah, I'm in Jerry D. That might change. It doesn't feel very subtle, but we'll I see. I like that. Um, so, me, what about you? I'm, What's your midfield? Yeah, I also have Hazard. So you okay. kind of covered that. I mean, I just I felt for several years now that he's the best player in the league, just from like a football standpoint not fantasy wise he's so consistent the years prior to last year and just such a good fantasy tip fest and he's been good in preseason and playing more forward and he had a good euros and he was good at the end of the season i i just i think he's so good and i think he's going to probably finish the top midfielder in the game and so i want him um i have martial as i mentioned earlier i have iu as i mentioned earlier I mean, Swansea fucking suck. They're so bad. But they got rid of all their strikers. And, I mean, goals just score way more points. And he only had 12 goals last year in his first fucking season. He scored 171 points. Like, he was fucking massive last year. I was surprised that he was 7-5. And he was the fourth highest scoring mid last year. He scored as many points as Pyatt. Yeah. Which is just uh, he- crazy. Yeah, he was really consistent. I mean, he was in the team for a long time. He didn't get injured, which was big for his just overall definitely, point total. But definitely. yeah, I mean, he was playing as like a second striker at times, and if he's playing as actual striker, you got to think that there's good outlook there. Yeah. And, so I mean, just even if he just gives me last year's return at seven five, that's great. Yeah. The thing is, I mean, he's got two it's opening two is at Burnley home. Yeah, the hall. fixtures fucking suck. But then, yeah, game weeks three to eight, you don't really want him at all. So unless he's striker though, and I'm fine. Yeah, you know, like it's true. like I'm cheating. I get four strikers, and everyone else gets three. Like that's honestly how I see it. I'm just like, okay, if he scores a goal, like one every three games in the hard fixtures and one every two games in the easy fixtures, that's fine, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's a fair point. I mean, it could be that he's just fantasy gold playing out of position, but yeah. I still am a little bit worried about that being a built-in transfer just because the fixtures get so bad. Right, right. Also I mean, I, just, need, I need him to start fast for that reason. Yeah, I need, need yeah, a goal in yeah. the first two. And not only just for the points because we play this game to win point to get points, but also just for your peace of mind, yeah, and for your my confidence peace of mind. in him that right. you could want to hold him through the tough fixtures. Right. Uh, Dream scenario is he starts well, looks really good in the first two, scores at least one, and then I can kind of hold him for the bad fixtures, and then they get obviously after bad fixtures they get fucking amazing, like again. nine so, through like yeah. twenty. He might be the best fucking mid in the game so yeah and that's the other thing is why i mean he's been in and out of my team as well for these reasons we're discussing but i always feel like for me by around you know game week eight i've i've already used my wild card you like him for the first couple weeks but is he really going to be doing it for those bad fixtures not sure about that and then he's going to probably be one of the first names i'm going to look to transfer out because the fixtures turn so quickly right 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 I'm not sure if that's good or bad. I mean, it, he does have feel he's, playing, good. he's playing two relegation promoted sides. 
um, first yeah. two game weeks, which is as good as it gets. But their defense is horrible. They do have good midfield, so they might be able to still probably boss those teams and, and dominate should possession. Do. Yeah, they should, should do. do. Yeah. But yeah, I do think IU at seven five is probably a really good pick. So yeah. he might come back in. I mean, I, I might. I don't know. I might fuck around with right. everything and get him back in. But I do like him a lot more than Siggy at this point, just because. Yeah. Yeah. Again, summer off, um, more explosive, and just playing for for the forward. Yeah, playing yeah. a striker. If they're playing tougher opposition, Siggy's going to have to settle a little bit more deep, rely more heavily on set pieces. I yeah. going to be playing further forward. I think he's going to be a better pick. So I definitely would go IU over Siggy game week one. How long that lasts, I'm not sure. Siggy might well will probably emerge as a same, at some point. Better pick yeah, at some point. Yeah, but. Um, and then my fourth is Redmond right now, who yeah, we love both Redmond. love. Um, yeah, I love also them. love the Tadic pick. I don't think it's bad to have both of them. Um, I think Tadic is exceptional value at seven five. Also, I just yeah, so, like I just like don't have room. <laughs> I want both. I just like can't. Yeah, I think the seven five price bracket when I made my first team. I think I put four seven five midfielders in my team. And they're so sexy. Yeah, yeah the I think seven I put, five and the five five. Like yeah, like that's I all think I, I want. straight away they're just players that I love, I think I straight and put in Arnie, uh, Siggy, Tadic, and like someone else. Yeah, Fab I, or something. Yeah, Fab or something. I think there are some good seven. There's like a Lamella seven. Yeah, there's just good guys there. Yeah, and I mean like Arnie, for example, is someone who I think was a little bit underrated last year. I think he was priced really kindly, and for me. I think he just took a step forward last year. I mean, he yeah, was their he clear took number one source. Step forward last year. Yeah, he was their clear number one source of goals and uh, go to. But his fixtures are also a little bit tough from an attacking standpoint. I don't think at Borough is a good fixture. Uh, then they play City, Everton, Spurs three in a row, and I don't it's think bad. any of those are good attacking fixtures. And then it gets a little better, but it's the same kind of thing. Thinking of is he going to start off hot? Is he going to be someone I'm going to be looking to transfer out right away? Right, sort of right. similar it's, it's to playing with fire, getting those guys yeah, with the bad fixtures. Yeah. Sort of similar to like the IU had thought space, but I think those seven five six yeah. five guys also Shakiri. I mean, I had Shakiri in for a little bit to see how it felt. Um, love, I feel like he German, could, yeah. yeah, love him. I think he could have a really big year just because. It's always hard to come over from a different league, especially from a different league when you weren't really even playing. Yeah, um, it took Absolutely. him. He had a, he had a really tough first season for Stoke, but I think yeah, he's, and he got hurt. And, yeah, he yeah. got hurt. He was battling niggly injuries all year. It felt like yeah, but, definitely. I mean, we were fucking over the moon when he got transferred in. I think oh you brought him God. in right away. I put him in right away when he, they had like a run of insane fixtures, and I put him in, and actually, it wasn't that bad. Like during that run. He got me some stuff. I think he got me, let's just say, like a goal and two assists over like a run of six or seven games. And then he just did nothing for the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be really creative. Uh, he did play very far out on the wing this season. It seemed like he yeah. would just cross and he would never cut inside. So yeah. I'm not sure how many goals he'll be able to score if they keep playing the same way. But it is It'll interesting be interesting to, s- to see if they get a striker. Yeah, that'll be, it'll also be interesting to see what formation Hughes plays because he's been 3 4 3 5 2 Boyan is also an interesting 6-0 in the midfield. I don't know yeah, if he's going to take pens off Arnie, but yeah. I feel like Stokes got some real good value in general. They were priced really low. I think they they were priced like they're going to be a 15th or so place team, but I think they're going to be more like an 8th or a 9th place team. So Wow, I like that. Yeah, I just feel like there's a lot of value there, I think, but their opening fixtures are tough. Yeah, they're and just not sexy. I think that's really like what it is. It's, it's like, not sexy, sexy Stoke? Yeah, it's not sexy Stoke, but they're, yeah. they were... Good last year for 
large period of the season. But yeah. back to Redmond real quick. I just I just love him. I think he's class. He's got a lot of the things that could could lead to like a breakout season. Like he shoots a lot. He's scored plenty of EPL goals, even though it's for Norwich. Um, he dribbles a lot, a lot of key passes. He's been really good in preseason. He's even flirted with like playing as a forward in that Puel interview. I just love Redmond. I think he, out of the five five six point oh guys, I think he probably has the highest upside. So that's why I went with him. Yeah, I agree. I think there's a lot less uncertainty with Redmond because, as you said, he did, has done it and proven to it. be a Premier League player. Yeah. And something else that's also difficult to quantify until we see it is that he was playing on you know one of the worst teams in the league for the last two times up he's been in the league. Uh, yeah, in Norwich, having the surrounding players that he's looking around at Southampton, the creativity with Tadic next to him, having the kind of holdings behind him, exactly. not always being thirty percent possession team every game, um, he's going to be able to really you know play blossom. attacking attacking midfield. Yeah, and there's blossom. no there's no better team for like a twenty two year old midfield to go to than Southampton. You know, yeah, it just feels not. good. It's like. The best like scouting team in the league is seeing what I'm seeing. You know what I mean? It feels yeah. feels good. Yeah. The one concern I do have over Redmond is just nailedness, just because they do have a lot of midfield options, and right. there are a lot of different formations that he can play. Right. Uh, J Rod's back. Uh, yeah. Ho- they have Holberg and. They have between Holberg, JWP, Romeo, like they could go four three three. Even who knows? Definitely. They have classy the, still. None. Of, the one thing is that none of those guys have pace. No, none of them have pace. Tadish doesn't have pace. Stephen Davis doesn't have pace. It's really just Long and Redmond. Or Long and Redmond. No that's it. And everyone J-Rod else is has kind pace, of. No? I guess so, but I'm just so used to him being dead. I haven't seen yeah, him in a long yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. But like the rest of everyone else you just listed are just like center mids. Yeah. You can like play yeah. deep or further true. forward, That's and it's true. kind of weird. So yeah, he's an out and out winger, goal scoring winger. Yeah, yeah, I like so, the Redmond pick. Yeah, that's that's pretty much where we're at. I mean, like we went through a lot of guys. I know we also obviously missed a lot of guys, but we want to keep it to a reasonable length episode, not just go nuts for three hours. So no, let's go like five or ten more minutes because we didn't talk about enough midfield players. Did we not? Okay. No. Um, so, what do you think about Mares? He's they've got a couple good fixtures starting out. Do you hate, do you think he's going to kick on or what? Hate him. Um, uh, I mean, I love the the man, the boy, and I had him last year for that reason. But looking at like his underlying stats, they were just out of control. Good. There's no way that they don't regress down. Um, I don't have the stats open stats open in front of me. I can open them, but it takes a sec to load. But basically all of the you know key indicators of, say, goal scoring, which would be like shots on target, which would be accuracy, and the goal conversion rate, meaning how many goals were actually scored out of your shots on target, were just astronomically high. Like, unsustainably Aguero, high. Yeah, unsustainably high. Like, better than Aguero. And it's just like, uh... Aguero's really fucking good. You probably can't do that. And then it was the same for Chances Created, where he created a decent amount of chances. It was in the 60s, I think. But to get 11 assists on only 67 chances is absurd, unsustainable. And it's because yeah. Vardy had like a goal conversion rate of like over 50% or something crazy. And it was just like, I love Mars, and I think he's really, really good. I'm not saying he's not good, because he's 
class and an insanely good dribbler, dribbler, and I love him. But for fantasy, there's just no way he doesn't regress from those numbers last year. There's just no way. And especially with coming off of winning the league, like teams will have learned something about playing against Leicester. You know what I mean? They're not going to just one-on-one Mark Mares as he cuts in on his left foot every time. You know, it's like there just has to be some sort of regression, even if he still returns. I don't think he's worth 9-5. Yeah, I agree with you completely. I think it's just also looking at the players in the neighborhood for up, uh, like you know, you find point five more. You get Hazard. You have someone yeah. like Pae, who you have to expect is going to just keep ticking over, even though he's not going to be healthy for game week one. I was going to ask you, what's the deal with him? Is there actual news on like his health, or are we just assuming that French th- players are not playing? Yeah, I mean, he hasn't like been with the team. Yeah, um, yeah. I think it's just he's just on rest, like vacation, and he's, it's going to take him a little while to build up match fitness. Yeah. He's certainly going to miss the first couple of games, it looks like, at this point. Um, I would imagine that maybe these types of players, you know, like maybe even Otsal as well, will um, maybe get a get a look in game yeah, week three. Yeah, they'll ease in or something like that. Yeah. Maybe get a look in game week three, then I think there's an international break. They'll probably come in game week four, hit, hitting the ground running, starting there from that point forward. But What'll be nice is I'll get the, in the Ben Dinnery interview before the season starts, we'll get the lowdown on like all these guys. Oh, that'll be bad. That'll be um, good. Yeah. And then I think, yeah, it's like you said, you know, the conversion rate was really high. He'll probably still do well, but nine five is a premium price and when you look at the KDBs, the Pies, you know the Hazards, Hazard, just Martial, so proven. Ozil, yeah, even I mean, I mean, like Ozil's been doing this for so many years, creating like the most chances in Europe, like every yeah. fucking year. Like he's gonna yeah. be top five midfielder, probably safe to say that. Whereas Mars is just like I just don't know. Yeah, you don't know. It's uh, like the you- biggest sports underdog story of all time. Probably isn't gonna happen twice. Yeah, and the other thing that is a little bit skewed about Mars's points last year, where he did get a lot of points in the first half, he got a lot of his goals off pens, which he pens. doesn't have anymore. Yep. And the way that Leicester finished up the season last year was oh so negative. They weren't so creating defensive. anything. They were playing for one nils. And they're if in they, Champions League this year. And they're in Champions League. They have more games to go with. I mean, their squad barely got any bigger. And Mars is clearly going to be playing every Champions League game. He's probably going to be running to the ground. Yep. Um, I think they're going to probably suffer greatly from that. But Definitely. at least from a game week one perspective, I think, yeah, Mars giving him a miss is probably the play. Yeah, I mean, I wish I had him for at whole game week one. They're probably going to win like 5 1. But <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Thinking of it over the long term. Long term, I don't term, like yeah. it. Um. What do you what do you think about Arsenal mid? I mean, it looks like Alexis is not going to be ready to start, right? And then also Ozil is probably I mean, like, not going to be ready. E- so everyone's fucking dead. Yeah, so they're just in a void, right? I think they're just a void at the start of the season and let it figure see. itself out. Okay. Like even Santi, who came back and looked good, is not going to be match fitness. Is not going to be match fit. So okay. yeah, I'm just waiting on Arsenal. I don't know. They're all fucked up through forward all the way to the back. Like they're all fucked up. So. No one really knows. I feel like maybe on next pod, producer Nate or our guest will know. But yeah, we'll have some more Arsenal talk maybe at that point. Yeah, but for now, I'm not. I haven't really considered any Arsenal. All right. I, what about Man City? De Bruyne at ten five. He'll be in some teams. You can never say that's a bad pick. You know that I'm. A, I'm in a Silva man. I, I had him in my, Yeah, I had him in my team a little bit, but I got a little bit spooked just because, again, looking in, in the neighborhood, getting, a, say, an Ericsson at 0.5 less felt so much safer. Yeah. Um, 
I'm, I do really like Nolito. I was very disappointed to see him not priced at 8.0. I thought he was going to be 8.0. Kill for 8.0, yeah. Uh, they went was really high on him. Yeah, if he was 8.0, he probably would be in my team. But I think he'd be in my team, They're getting Leroy yeah. Sané, and that news just broke today from uh, Schalke. Yeah, I and see, they still have Nasri, Nava, Sterling. It's like, Jesus, who the yeah, fuck I, knows? No one knows. That's the thing. is that you got to feel that outside of De Bruyne, there's going to be a fair bit of rotation, right? Pep's yeah, gonna it has rotate. to be. Has to be. So it's a little bit scary there. I think it's probably De Bruyne or no one. Um, and he's talking about like midfielders playing in the back. Like who the fuck knows? He's fucking Pep. He's crazy. Yeah, I mean, if Navas gets converted to right back, he'd actually be an incredible right back. He'd be fucking Bellerin. He'd be voted yeah. in as best right back of the season. <laughs> he is would be the exact same thing. The exact yeah. same thing. Sterling, um, I've said that for fucking yeah, four Sterling. years about Sterling. I'm like, he'd be fucking like Alves. <laughs> Just make him a right back. He's like the best right back in the world. And, uh, um, so yeah, Pie, same thing. I mean, he's he's nine five. But yeah, and they have good him, fixtures. Yeah, just not ready probably. So not, not ready. Thoughts. Yeah, uh, it looks to me like there's going to be a seven five. Chelsea midfielder who emerges, whether yeah. it's Fab, William, Oscar, William, Oscar, or even Pedro. Maybe even Pedro. Yeah. I, I mean, Pedro. We have to can't forget too. Much. I feel like Pedro is maybe the darkest of horses because you can't forget last year he came in. He just he, scored he immediately. At, is he priced at nine or nine five? Something like in? that. Yeah, and he just scored immediately. Yeah, I mean, he still has quality. I mean, he was playing on Barca. He had a season to forget last year, but. I have to see how he's utilized. Uh, it might be he might be just crowded out based on the system and Lillian there as well. But um, Oscar, yeah, I think like I the most interesting thing about FPL this year, or just actual the Prem in general, is just the huge manager changes, right? So it's like all these premium mids that we're talking about, like we're just not quite sure what the team's going to look like yet. There's United, City, Chelsea, not really Liverpool anymore, but those teams are like. We just went through all of them, and it's just and Arsenal has so many injured and or vacationing guys that it's just like they're all kind of wait and sees, right? Yeah, I mean it's even to the degree like we already touched on Southampton and a lesser degree. Yeah, Everton. I mean a lot like, of teams just, just have new managers, so, so much know, unknown. Yeah, I'm just not sure it's who's going to be Ronaldo, who's going to be starting. Yeah, um, yeah. So Chelsea, I think there's going to be value in Chelsea midfield again. I think it's probably. Other than Fabregas, I think is maybe the safest to buy if you're not going to get Hazard. But even still, yeah. he's talking about getting playing Matic and Conte at holding. So maybe right. when they play good teams, that's what he does, and they go shut up shop and just play on the counter like they used to with Mourinho. Right. So which is very viable as a possibility. Yeah, very so it's real. Still considerable risk. Fabregas could get rotated, but Fabregas, it's like he's always fucking ten mil or nine mil. Like always. he's seven five. It's yeah, crazy. It's so he's cheap. old, but and same as Silva. Is, this is the cheapest Silva's ever been too. Nine, yeah. I mean, makes them yeah. so tempting. He had a year off too. I mean, they both had a years off. They didn't play barely. They barely played. They were hurt or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, Marshall McTarian, We talked about that a little bit. And then there's Liverpool. We talked about yeah, too. Yeah, I let's mean, close. The fixtures are let's bad, close with it. What? Let's close with Liverpool. Yeah, I mean, I I think. Mane and Firmino are the guys that you're looking for. I mean, I love Coop, but he doesn't have the goal-scoring threat of either of them. Um, and Firmino just being 0.5 less than Mane is probably the guy that you go for. The problem is the fixtures are really bad, even though with the Klopp-Liverpool, we were scoring a lot of goals away from home. It's still, you just don't really want to get involved in at Arsenal, at Burnley, at Spurs, home Chelsea, at uh, home Leicester, at Chelsea. You just like... 
that's not tempting at all. But once they turn, I think Liverpool offers really good nailed value. There are no other competitions and goal scoring mid. So, I mean, I could see myself having like Mane and Firmino starting when their fixtures turn, but probably not to, to start the season. Yeah, no, I expect to be double yeah. in their attack. Yeah. When the fixtures turn, as you say, being in no other competitions is massive, especially because that's like, right when that's yeah. right around the time when the other competitions begin. Yeah, and um, it's like Klopp's like real first year, you know, like Firmino's new to the league and played under two different managers. And there's, you know, it's impossible to say that we weren't better and more attacking with Klopp than we were with Brendan. So add Mane to the mix, who's by the way, the fastest fucking human on earth. Like when I watch him in the preseason games, it's ridiculous. Yeah, Mane he, is like the class and composure he is on the ball is is not, is not replicated by many footballers. I feel like he is so cool and calm when he gets on the ball. It's just crazy. He has the little and, flicks. Yeah, and little his tricks. straight line he's speed so is, rivals anyone. Like, yeah, I mean, he's gonna draw he's a so million good. fouls he's like so he did good. last year. He's Liverpool really would be fucking good this year. <laughs> Let's go. Let's calm. Fuck. Calm down. Okay. Okay. Calm my deal. We have but a yeah. lot of defensive injuries. I mean, like, as far as the budget midfielders, I don't think any of them are really an option because no. I mean, Wijnaldum's not cheap. Lallana's not going to start. Hendo's kind of permanently dead. I'm not sure what his deal is. Milner might be our fucking left back. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'd probably avoid anyone other than those three. Yeah, I think it would. I agree with you. You know, you get yeah. Sturridge, and then you look at Coutinho, Firmino, Mane. I think, though, as you mentioned, when when the fixtures turned, turn having two of them is probably going to be great. Yeah, I'm excited for those days. I'm sad to yeah. not have any Liverpoolians right now. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, they're fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's wrap it. So yeah, I hope you checked out the uh, interview I did with Jamie Smith for the Burnley Pod. There's going to be another interview. Later this week with a Middlesbrough guy, this dude Dom. He covers covers Middle Middlesbrough for like an actual like newspaper, so he's like a journalist. It's kind of intimidating. And then there's going to be a whole interview, the Ben Dinnery interview. Walsh is also you're guesting on that pod tomorrow night, right? Yeah. So Walsh is going to be guesting on some other pod. We'll like retweet that, which will be funny to hear you speaking to other people <laughs> and going insane, and they're probably not prepared for it, but I'm looking forward to it. Oh, God. I'm going to fucking embarrass us. Oh, yeah. You're probably going to fucking just curse your fucking <laughs> ass up and be like, you're a fucking idiot and get into a fight with them. It's going to be amazing. Um, oh, and then, yeah, other than that, just join the league. Check us out, fmlpl.com. Follow on Twitter at fmlpl. Email us, fmlpl at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook, rate on iTunes. Cheers. Are we on Facebook? Yeah, yeah, we're on Facebook. Oh, I don't know that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like a, it's a shitty thing, but you got to be on it, kind of, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so I've heard. Yeah, we need to get more rates on iTunes. That'll like bump. That'll bump us up in the shit. How do you do that? If we need like our fans to rate rate it. How many rates do we have right now? I don't know, like ten or something. Ten? Yeah. God damn it! That's horrible. It's horrible. It's a joke. We have like some reviews, but can I, feel- I do it? Can I rate our? Oh yeah, can you rate yeah. Give us a give us a five star. I've already done it. Oh, I'll go figure that out later. Yeah, go do that later. Okay. Um. Yeah, that's it. Bye.